On this week's episode of the podcast, I talk not only about building toward a dream and manifesting and creating a dream, but the other side of that spectrum when it comes to actually deassembling and letting go of saying goodbye to a dream. Whenever we want to create and manifest something new, we have to let go of the old. And I'm right now in the very vulnerable emotional space of letting go of a lot of the things that I have built in my life. I share the personal story of the yoga studio that I built and ran for a long time here in Aruba and where this next phase of our life is going to take us. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all-natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hello, 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 my friends, my darlings loves. How are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm uh, feeling very intimate with you right now. I'm extremely emotional <laughs> right in this moment. It's kind of rare that I get to catch myself right in a very vulnerable experience and then get to sit down in that experience to record and to talk to you about it. I'm feeling yeah, like it's a very intimate <laughs> conversation we're about to have. I am sitting and recording and speaking these words from Island Yoga right now, from our studio, our yoga studio in Aruba. I uh, don't know how long you've been listening to this podcast. If you are a diehard from day one, or if you just found this show a little bit ago, but I have been recording this podcast for almost six years, which is a long time. This pod is almost exactly the same age as my daughter. I recorded the very first episode when she was one week old. So I always know exactly how old <laughs> the podcast is. This pod is the same age as Leia. And if you've been here from the beginning, you might remember that I used to record this podcast from my office at Island Yoga, the studio. This was where I recorded all the podcast episodes from 
We have really great fiber internet here. <laughs> and, you know, before pandemic, it wasn't as, you know, normal and common that you did as much of the work as you could from home. So I had this little podcast set up here at my office and I was always working at the studio, spending most of my time at the studio. So it made sense for me to be recording, you know, at the studio as well. And especially first, yeah, first couple of years of this show, I had a lot of guests on. I did all the research for the interviews and recorded all the episodes with guests here. I am um, sitting at the same desk <laughs> in my office, you know, looking out at the same view as I did all those years ago. And so much sort of looks the same, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's looks the same, but it's not the same. And today the studio is very quiet. I have a friend here, one of my best friends in the world, Laura from, she's from Costa Rica. She's here visiting. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Her and Dennis and Leah, yeah, I went to the beach. They just dropped me off at the studio because I wanted to record the pod today. And it's Tuesday today. Tuesday is the day that our restaurant, our, our cafe, it's more of a restaurant than a cafe, but we're closed on Tuesdays. And the studio, since we moved about a year ago, the studio only operates around class hours. We used to have the boutique and the whole space open six days a week, a week, you know, all day. Always someone here manning the front desk. But we're doing this kind of more like a bare bones operation now in the past year where we have classes every day in the morning and a lot of evenings. And just the studio is open just for class, you know, around the class. And it's the middle of the day on a Tuesday. We don't have any classes right now. So they dropped me off and I had this very bizarre experience. <laughs> I know it feels so bizarre, but it felt very bizarre of unlocking the studio, opening the studio doors and, you know, disconnecting the alarm and turning on the lights and... <sighs> Just walking from room to room, really, um, with the space so quiet. <sighs> just <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I really am just just feeling. This studio, you know, this studio is and always was my baby. I had this idea for the studio, I think already 2015 or something. I thought it would be so beautiful to open a brick and mortar space at home, you know, on our island where locals could come and have people come to us instead of me traveling around the whole world to, to teach and lead retreats and things like that. And 2016 was the beginning of 2016, I think. Yeah, it was the, the year I told Dennis like, hey, let's, let's do it. <laughs> I really want to do it. Let's look. Let's start looking for property. Let's look for spaces. And he thought I was crazy. It was a very big endeavor. We didn't even really know exactly what we were looking for. At some point, we almost, and I look back at this now, like how crazy would that have been? We almost bought this massive property in the middle of nowhere, like all the way other side of the island, far, far away from hotels and people that's just like green area, just like protected area that's really adjacent to the national park. And we almost opened a retreat center. That was like where our brain was in the beginning. 
And we even, we had an architect involved. We found this amazing space that we were really into and we rented it for production for a while. We recorded all of our first classes for 108.com that later became yogagirl.com. We recorded a lot of those classes at a little house on that property that we were renting and we fell in love with it and thought, oh my God, imagine this is like protected land. We would never want, no one should ever come and bulldoze amazing nature that's there to build hotels and we were thinking what if we did it like Costa Rica style and we had these little houses kind of on legs you know so you don't disturb anything you just have little floating little floating cabinas kind of and a big big yoga space and a restaurant and pools and we just had this like wild idea and it was a big project I mean it was massive this idea and I was really I don't have the same mentality now. Sometimes I miss my old, like young version of me, the mentality of I can do anything. <laughs> and I still believe that at my core, like I can do anything. I can move mountains. I can make something happen if I want it to happen. But back then I really had this like, no nonsense. Don't question me. I know like I can make anything happen. We need funding. I'll get it. <laughs> Like we need to, you know, pull in crazy connections from here and from there. We need to align all these things. Like I'll do it. No problem. Like we can do it. I, I had a, <laughs> just a very wide capacity for manifestation back then. And I think I still do. It's just these days, my dreams are different. They're a little smaller, a little closer to home, more manageable. And anyway, what happened with that property was we, we got a good quote that we could manage and then the owner changed his mind and suddenly the price was triple the amount that he had first mentioned. And we just knew, okay, this is too much. This is crazy. We can't, yeah, and we can't, we can't swing that. And at the same time, we found this property where Island Yoga sits now, which was much smaller you know, really close to the hotels, close to the tourist area, but also in like a local residential area. You can walk to the beach from here. It was just more in the center of things. And we thought, okay, well, let's really start with a studio instead of having a retreat space where you hold daily classes. Like let's, let's have this be phase one. <laughs> that was the plan. And we found this space, fell in love with the property not with the building, definitely not with the building. The building was, and I've shown a lot of times just before and after pictures of what was before the studio became what it was, but it really was one of those buildings that it, it had been, so, it had been a restaurant at some point. It was a club way back in the day. Uh, it was a residential just house at some point. And when we bought it, the, on the property was a really rundown sports bar. And in the window, <laughs> the front of the building, we ended up extending the building in the front. So the, what well, was the front wasn't the front anymore, but front of the building in the window was like a 12 foot cardboard cutout of a half naked Colombian girl <laughs> wearing like soccer, a soccer bikini, I think. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> super bizarre. So from the outside, it really didn't look like anything that could ever become something. But 
Dennis convinced me to look. He said, you know, this property is really amazing. This location is incredible. It's all about the location. And of course, we're not just investing in what the studio will be, but this is a long-term investment for our family and for us. And, and it is true. The location here is really amazing. If you've ever been to Aruba, you know, the tourist area, it's like this strip, this kind of stretch of hotels on the beach. But for every year that passes, you know, more and more people are visiting. They keep building and developing the island, which I personally don't love, but of course brings business and tourism here, which is good for the economy. But every year the tourist district kind of pushes up this main road and gets a little bit, goes closer to the middle of the island. And we are on this main road that goes straight from the, from the hotel area. So every year there's like a hotel closer to us, you know. So he was definitely right that the location of the space was amazing and it's big. And he said, if you can just like, don't look at the exterior of this building, don't look at what this building is now, just look at the property and look at the potential of what we could create here. And he convinced me to go and we, <laughs> we walked inside. I saw this cardboard cut out of this like soccer <laughs> soccer lady I was like oh my god oh hell no this is crazy and then stepped inside and the first thing I saw was the roof and this big wide open space that would become Luna Shala would become our main shala our main our main practice space here at the studio we have three shalas and this is the main one and it's just the roof is just it's this wooden beamed very old just um, incredibly beautiful roof. It makes it, it has very much like a cathedral feel to it. There's something just about the roof standing there. And when I looked up and looked out at the space, that was the first moment where I said, okay, I can see it. I could see, I could see us practicing here. I could see myself teaching under this roof. Like I, I have a feeling here, this is something, you know. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. 
No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. We ended up buying this building. I... I, I think I was pregnant with Leia already. This was 2016, but we didn't know <laughs> yet. It really happened at the same time. Like we, <laughs> we conceived Leia and conceived the studio at the same time, which wasn't part of our plan at all. We had this plan of, you know, we're going to do this studio thing and grow the business and create this amazing thing here. And then when everything is calm and quiet and things are running well, like then we'll, we'll have a baby because <laughs> we really both wanted a baby for a long time. And of course, life didn't happen that way, but I got pregnant the same time that we signed the papers for the studio, the way things are supposed to unfold. So building the space, we completely, we had to tear down almost the whole entire building. There was very few that parts of the building of the structure that we could keep. We could keep the main roof and the main structure of what is Luna Shala now, thank goodness. But the front of the back just had to go. It was just falling apart. And then we extended the building by a ton, I don't know, by two thirds maybe. So, and of course we built this amazing garden and landscaped and the whole build happened when I was pregnant. So I, I still remember, I still remember walking into the space before we had anything deciding that yes, the first time we got to come here with our own keys, you know, sign the papers and everything. And how amazing that was. And that first year, it was 20, it must have been actually, because I remember we did New Year's here. So we did our first January 1st practice on salutations. Okay, so this was a couple of months before I was pregnant with Leah, but before we started the build, um, I taught 108 or led 108 sun salutations in this space before we had done anything. So it was just this weird tile floor. It was still the bar. You know, we got rid of the cut, cut, you know, cardboard cutout and cleaned it really well and had like Bluetooth, you know, kind of portable speakers and uh, filled the space and did our 108 <laughs> sun salutations on January 1st, which is a tradition I've been doing for over a decade now. And then we started the build, I think around May. That's what happened. We had to find the architects and designer and, you know, pull together contractors and everything we had to do. So I think we started the build in May and that's when we got pregnant. So we were building and growing a baby at the same time, <laughs> of course. And I really so can remember just the, the project, the size of the project of building the studio space. We had never run a yoga studio in our lives, which is, it's a whole it, running a yoga studio, it's not like running any old business. You know, it, it really is a particular thing to do. And especially what we wanted to do here, which was have a restaurant in the back. We'd never run a restaurant, <laughs> never run a cafe. I'd worked at restaurants and worked in cafes a lot of my life, but never run one. You've never been a restaurant owner. And we wanted to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a little bar space in the evenings and create this like very ambiance, just center of, of, of a community building space where people would just flock for class and to eat and to enjoy and to connect and have live music and all of these things. We weren't just building this building, which was a crazy endeavor. 
especially considering we didn't have a budget. I look back at that now. We didn't have, we didn't have the money we needed when we started the project, but I was like, I'll get it. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. And I had no doubt that I would find a way. <laughs> My poor husband, <laughs> he's not that kind of person, right? He's that kind of person who, before he embarks on something, he wants to know that he can swing it. He doesn't like to overpromise. He's one of those people under promise, over deliver. And I'm more of a over promise, over deliver kind of person, you know? So for him, this was just a huge risk. And what if we can't get it together? And, you know, basically worst case is we could have a half finished building run out of money and then contractors would leave and work on other projects. And we would have this half finished space that would just deteriorate <laughs> until until we could find the money. And that happens with a lot of developments. You know, we see a lot of that here on the island, beautiful locations and places close to the beach where there's just a shell of a building where they ran out of funds or were missing a permit or something. And then those buildings just stand there for years and years. It's really not, it's really not nice. But I just knew like, we're going to swing it. Like this is so meant to be, I know it is. And it was such a hustle in the end to make it come together. I was really pregnant in the end. We had our first retreat January, 2017. So we knew we have to open like new years, like our 108 sun salutations are happening 2017. We had a par opening party here. We had all this whole thing planned. And like two weeks before we didn't even have a floor, you know, we didn't have anything ready. And it really was such a, a team effort, such a community effort. I look at who we had on the yoga girl team back then, like the people working for us and with us every day, still, you know, putting together retreats and helping support the community and working with social media and selling spots for retreats that would happen at a studio that wasn't finished yet. Like we really did that. We had a uh, we had a retreat supporting one of our nonprofits. That was the first retreat. So it was a free, that's also kind of a crazy thing to do. Like we had no money, <laughs> built the studio. And my first thing was like, let's do a free retreat where we give all of our profits away. <laughs> let's do that, you know, which was of course like not what the studio needed, but I had so much, I was so optimistic. Like we were so, of course that retreat was beautiful. It was crazy, but it was beautiful. And oh, it was one of my favorite retreats. I think we were just hanging out with dogs all day and it just, we, it was all for Sergeant Pepper's friends, our animal rescue here on the Island, but it was a crazy thing to do, right. To plan a retreat for the first weeks of being open at all, not knowing if we were going to be open on time, but we did it. And at the very end, I was walking around this space, super pregnant, you know, pointing at things. And now that's not supposed to be like that. And I don't like this color. And I was just like bossing people around. And it was kind of like every time I came here, I was the serious pregnant lady. You know, my belly was like a ticking clock, <laughs> like better get this done on time. Better get this done on time. We have people coming <laughs> and we have a baby coming and magically everything just worked. And since then, the space has been operating as a, as a yoga studio slash retreat center. There's a hotel right next door that we worked with for years where we would put everyone staying for retreats or staying for teacher trainings. And for so many years, I just lived here. It really became that dream of what I wanted it to be with full classes going all through the day, every single day the restaurant in the back functioning, <laughs> serving amazing food, 
but also being the biggest challenge we ever took on in our entire lives. We've never done anything harder than try to run a restaurant on our own. I'll tell you that. We've never had more like drama (laughs) and crazy stuff happening than we did with a restaurant. And it's so funny because anyone who's been to a retreat or a teacher training with us, which is so many people, we've done so, so, so many back to back for years no one ever knew. <laughs> and we've met people after, like someone who's gone through teacher training, for example, that really became part of the family and maybe stayed, we stayed connected with afterwards. And we'd talk and go, oh, that retreat was crazy. Remember, that was the, re- that, that was the training where we didn't have any chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> like we had that happen. Oh yeah, that was that training where we had to emergency fly someone in from Amsterdam to take over because we literally did not have any food or plan. (laughs) Everything fell apart last minute. Like we lost the person who was supposed to manage the food and we didn't have that. And then another training was like, oh, that was a training when my mom was here to help take care of the baby. And she had to come in every day together with our COO who runs the back end of of the company. And they had to come in 5 a.m. every day to go to the bakery and buy bread (laughs) and prepare breakfast in the morning every day for like 23 days for a teacher training. My mom and Angela, our COO, (laughs) would come in and make breakfast, you know? And it was always like at the end of every training, at the end of every retreat, it was always a hustle, of course. It was always, it's madness. Anyone has ever run a large scale group or program like that knows it's super intense it's all hands on deck every day for the duration of that training that's just what it is and but in terms of the food and the restaurant because that's where we had no knowledge I don't know what I was thinking thinking we could just that would be great like I know what good food tastes like (laughs) I know what a good restaurant experience is like we can make that no we could not okay (laughs) we pulled it together through just so much hard work from us and the team But I can't remember having ever a a long stretch of time, aside from after the pandemic, because we ended up closing the restaurant and then reopening in the pandemic. Then it's reopened with new partners, new name. And that's been running so smoothly ever since Origin, which is what we have now, because we have expert people, like actual chefs in the kitchen and, you know, partners who know how to manage a restaurant. But before that, it was always a little bit of chaos there in the back. And <laughs> I just, today when I got here and I'm walking around the space, I just, I was walking around the boutique and it's quiet now. We don't have that much in, you know, inventory anymore. Since we moved, of course, we had to make the decision that we're not going to, we can't continue building. And it's also, the pandemic was so hard on us. So, so, so it was a big part of our decision to move or why it was fairly easy to move is because the pandemic was so hard on the studio. All the retreats and the groups that normally make the studio go round, it's very hard for a brick and mortar yoga studio to work based on just day-to-day classes, especially on a really small island like this. You know, we're not in LA or New York or London or somewhere where it's just abundance of people practicing. We don't have that here. So we were really relying on those programs for the studio to float and we lost all of that in the pandemic and lost a lot of our staff right before and during the pandemic and had to make the decision afterwards it's either we restart the machine of this of this huge business that 
takes a, a village to pull off. Or we keep it quiet for a while and we let things rest and we run this bare bones thing where we're just doing classes in the day to day, but no retreats, no groups. And we see where we land. A lot of that also because I was tired and I couldn't do 25 weeks of retreats and teacher trainings a year anymore the way I used to. I just knew I can't, I can't do that anymore. So we let things just calm down a little bit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Walking around now, it's been, yeah, 2021. We had just a quiet year after the pandemic obviously was a dead year. Just trying to get by, almost almost went bankrupt. The studio absolutely almost had to close our doors. The reason we made it through was thanks to our amazing local community and our amazing local teachers. Um, never would have made it without, without that was a true community effort. It was really clear during the pandemic that the studio was so important to our locals and they knew we have to keep showing up or, or the studio isn't going to make it, you know. And they really did show up for us, which was the most beautiful thing. So 2020 was this very quiet year. And then 2021, we didn't pick everything back up. And 2022, we moved, right? So it's really been the last three, last year since the pandemic, it's been a quiet winding down of the studio. And walking around here today, yeah, in the boutique, which is very sparse, used to be so like vibrant and exciting every time every time I would walk into the boutique it's like what's new today you know what kind of exciting stuff do we have because <laughs> we always had amazing new beautiful things to sell that would come in and come through and I walked through our changing rooms which still is such a yeah one of my favorite rooms actually of the studio I love how we designed it we have this big community wall where people have written on the wall and intentions and things always makes my heart swell a little bit and then I stepped into Luna Shala and I just stood there, just all alone, just like a small light <laughs> lit. And I went to the front of the space and I stood on the mat. <sighs> yeah. And I just started to cry. It's just right before coming in here to record. I just stood there on the mat, looking out at the space, remembering every circle we've had in here how many tears we have shed <laughs> just from day-to-day -day classes to big retreats and groups, just how much emotion has been held and moved through in this practice space. It really is remarkable. You can, you can feel it when you step into the shell. You can feel it when you step into a room where there's been a lot of catharsis, where there's been transformation, where there's been healing. You can feel that there's something electric in the space. And you feel it when you step into the room and you roll out your mat and you sit down. It's, it's very special. It's very sacred. And I was just standing there today, just 
feeling so grateful and also feeling so, so sad because this trip, we decided that we really, really are going to sell the studio and the property and that inevitably, I don't know when, but that inevitably at some point we will close. And of course we moved, we moved across the whole world. It wasn't like this thought has never been in our minds, but what we said when we moved is we want to stay open for as long as we can. We don't have to make any money off the studio. We never have, <laughs> but as long as we break even, as long as we can pay bills and salaries, like, yeah, of course we stay open as long as we possibly can. And I didn't really have a lot of expectation there because the studio has been, you know, of course, so hard to manage and run. And in the past year, we still have had this amazing support from the community here. Jess, who is our main teacher, who's left, is running the day-to-day -day and running this kind of bare-bones, pared-back operation that we have. She's done like a superhuman job of keeping things going and keeping things running and keeping things moving. And, and somehow, I think, living in Sweden, I had this idea with like, well, we can do that forever. <laughs> we could do that forever a lot of it because just it's very hard for me to wrap my head around ever closing very hard for me to yeah even imagine that as a reality because of what this space actually is the potential that it has and um yeah we came here to the island now we've been here a week and it's kind of like i shared a bit in the last week's episode that things that we haven't healed while we've been away are really coming to surface now, things that we have to work on, like between Dennis and I. And, and it's become more than that. It's been coming back here has really made it very black and white, very obvious of what isn't working. And the fact that financially we can't, we can't um, continue supporting the studio infinitely. Like it's just not possible. And we made that very, very hard decision this week that we are going to sell. <laughs> and the studio mentioned this, I think, in the past year. But when we moved, we put the studio on the market, like a lot of people do, just keeping a property on the market to see, to see what happens, <laughs> right? to see where it lands. Also to have the, we had the space appraised so we know what the value of the property and the building is. And we didn't even want to put a for sale sign up. Like that was like, took us 10 months <laughs> to even put a little for sale sign up. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like if you really want to sell a property, you put that big ass sign up in the front and you announce it to the world and you talk about it and you, you know, you, you hustle to sell if you really want to sell. We did, we didn't want to sell, but it also didn't make sense to just leave it as is. And we knew, okay, if we get this amazing offer, and we can't keep floating the studio as it is, then that's what will happen. But we didn't talk about it. We didn't tell anybody. <laughs> we didn't put that for sale sign up. We just like quietly put it on, on the website with a realtor, a friend of Dennis. And they just left it there. And we're like, we'll see. And I, my thought was, if it's meant to be sold, some amazing person is going to show up. Dream scenario would be some amazing yoga person. <laughs> or a company that's connected to this, to this business somehow will show up, 
and they'll want to buy the business, not just the property. They want to buy the business and run the studio as the studio is running. And maybe someone who's more present, someone who actually lives here, someone who has more means and resources. And that way everything stays the same or it just gets better for the people here. Like that would be my dream. My dream scenario is that the studio continues to run like a studio and someone actually wants to buy the business and buy the space and someone who can do it better than us, right? And then teachers get to keep their jobs and the classes stay and the community stays together. And yeah, that would be my dream. And I had that thought last year. Well, if it's meant to be, then that person will show up. Like give me some like very big hearted, wealthy person who is so excited about a yoga studio in Aruba who really wants to like kill it here and pick up and do the retreats again and do like, there must be so many people who's so excited about that and who has the means and, and yeah. And then I was like, and ideally that happens just quietly. Like they just like <laughs> the universe just brings them. And then we don't even have to tell anybody that we're thinking about this because it felt like such a painful thing. Of course, we've told our staff and our people like they've always known that there is a chance, there is a risk there. If we get a great offer, we would have to sell because financially, infinitely, we can't keep going like this from afar. We can't. And everybody knows that. But now it's been a whole year and things have been okay. So it's kind of, we've all been lulled into this feeling like, well, maybe, you know, maybe we can do this for a few years. And now this week is part of why I have been very low very sad, very, we had a lot of strange news come our way this week. Just, yeah, some bad news and some strange things happening and some confrontation and some things that involve some drama that I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about because it's still drama. But amongst the odd news we were kind of faced with, and not just news, but also being here means we get, we are faced with the reality of what is here. It's very easy to live in the woods in Sweden from afar, looking at numbers or looking at pictures of classes going, yeah, things are great in Aruba. And then being here and really sitting with where we are and what's going on and, and no, having to face the reality that we're running out of money here. We, uh, we can't keep going. And we, we have to put a proper for sale sign up and talk about the fact that the studio's on the market and put effort and love into manifesting an amazing sale. And I really believe, like I really believe business is sacred, can be sacred, not everybody does it that way. We've always done it that way. You know, every part of our business, even when we're selling things or I'm promoting something or I think especially in this, in the wellness world, we have this taboo around, well, like it's dirty somehow to be involved in business or you're not supposed to talk too much about it. And it's like, that's how we all survive. <laughs> that's how we put food on the table. Like we are all living in this system involved in this in the day to day. If you're teaching yoga, like there's a transaction there. If you run a yoga studio, there's a transaction there. Like there's so much involved there and a mortgage and savings and hard work. And it's sacred it's intentional. It's, 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 it's our blood. It's our sweat. It's my time away from Leia. Like this business is, is so special to me. And in the same way that I started this brick and mortar business, this seed of this dream that became so beautiful and so special, it was created 
in a very intentional way. And now I have to sort of close this cycle and move into the next cycle of my life, which means to sell this property and to, to let go of the studio. I, it's so important to me that I do that with the same kind of intention that I'm really present for every step of it, that it doesn't become something that I'm just half-hazardly just doing, you know, like, oh, we have to move on to the next thing. Like, it's not, it's not what this is for us. And especially, you know, also with tennis, everything we let go of here on the island, I think is really tied up in a lot of fear for him. He's scared he's going to lose his roots in Aruba. He's, there's a lot of interpersonal, emotional connections that we're always going to have with this island and letting go of anything is so hard and I I've been sitting down at my tea table and it's so funny because I never really had this experience before you know I have a lot of experience intentionally creating something and now I have to begin intentionally saying goodbye to something intentionally letting go intentionally sort of de-assembling something and I have so much love for the process of how we created this very special place how we put all the pieces of this together and every person and every moment involved and I want this space so deeply to transition into its next phase which is going to be a phase eventually without me and Dennis but I want that to happen with the same kind of sacred energy I so badly want to manifest the continuation of life here. I really, really, really do. And I'm really aware of probably it's not going to be exactly what I would want for the space to be. But I feel like the possibilities out there, you know, that there is some magical humans out there who would so love to take over the space and maybe not do exactly what we did, but to continue bringing love into the space and into what we what we built even if it looks different and that was my just walking around the space today alone for the first time since we really had to make the decision that okay like that for sale sign really is going to go up and it's going to happen and of course what do i know right? It could take years to sell a property this size. It could happen overnight. Like I have no idea what the future brings. I just know that I am now for the first time in this active phase of beginning to let go. And that's the thing about anything that we want to manifest, right? Whether it's a goodbye or a hello. And I think what I was doing in the past year is I kind of put it aside. It's too much to be faced with. It felt like too big of a decision, it's not a decision that I'm willingly making, it's, but also I am. We have decided to start our lives in a whole other part of the world. Like I have to be realistic, like what, what's possible and what isn't for us. And of course, letting go of this space means creating space to invite something new. I don't know exactly what the next cycle of creation is, but it's going to be something. And of course, <laughs> with unfinished business, right? Or things that haven't been complete or that are still in motion. It's really hard to move into that next phase.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I don't know, maybe there's someone listening right now who's like, I'm that person. <laughs> Magic people wanting to buy a beautiful property in the Caribbean and run the most amazing space for retreats or classes or whatever it is. Like maybe you're listening. Maybe me sharing this podcast, just speaking these words now are part of that process. I don't know. I am going to put the the link to the studio and all the details I'm going to put in a little highlight. I'm going to do that today. Oh, that also gives me like a hard feeling in my chest, but also I know it's time. I'm going to share on social media just where we are and that we are beginning to let go of this property. And so, yeah, if there is a magic person out there listening, you can go to my <laughs> Instagram profile. I'm yoga girl on Instagram in case you didn't know. And there'll be a little highlight there called Island Yoga. And I'll share all the links to the realtor's page and the details. And yeah. Oh, I feel shaky. And also I'm sitting here sweating. <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's so sad. I mean, it really is. It's so sad. And it's also so beautiful at the same time because Sometimes on your way to a dream, you get lost and you find another one, right? I had a coffee mug that said that. <laughs> I love that damn mug. And the, the thing I really sat with or the thing that really landed in me when I was standing there in the shala was that I did complete this dream. You know, I never had this. It, it wasn't like, like, at what point is the dream complete? It wasn't like, oh, running the space for 20 years or passing this on to my daughter or what I wanted was to create a space for magic, for healing. I wanted groups here. I wanted community here. I wanted, I did all of that. Like we created all of that. We had all of that for years. And it's, it's six years later now <laughs> since we got the space. It's six years later, almost six years to the, to the day that we opened. And I think a, the part, that part of the dream has been completed and I'm onto a another dream in my life right now, which looks different. And I, part of me wishes I could hold on to all the versions of me at the same time, all the dreams I've had at the same time, and somehow have them all continue on. But I know that that's that's not what that is. And the same thing with deciding to create the space that meant I had to let go of traveling. You know, I had to let go of being that person and that was a dream for me for a long time it was a big dream to be an international yoga teacher to get to teach in different countries to have retreats all over the world to be one of those really cool vagabond people that just go from country to country and amazing resorts and giving these experiences and living on the road like that was a huge dream of mine for such a long I couldn't think of anything more amazing than that and then I 
got to that place and almost immediately realized, well, I'm tired. I, I want to be in one place. You know, that dream morphed into something different as I grew older. And then being in one place became, well, it's time for us to be in Sweden now. Like that's the one place. And it's a different kind of future. And I think all of us, no matter what it is we are creating, we are just continuously letting go of older versions of the dreams that we that we've carried for a long time so that we can make space for the most current one. Always reinventing ourselves and growing. And sometimes, sometimes my heart has a hard time catching up with the reality of where I actually am, you know, because it's, it's hard to let go. And I feel like by beginning the process of letting go of the studio, it's like I'm letting go of that version of me, that really young really young optimistic I can do anything it's a different version of me I feel in many ways it's like sometimes I miss that that pre-motherhood version of me which was such a different part of me I love myself the way I am now I wouldn't trade motherhood and this version of me for anything but there's a fierceness to the old me that had less responsibility, right? <laughs> like I'm thinking me, Dennis and Ringo in our early twenties traveling the world. Like there's a fierceness and a bravery there that I can sometimes miss. And I feel like letting go of the studio is almost like it's letting go of the version of me that was able to create all of that. Even though I know that's not true, even though I know I still have the same ability to create and for every dream that I let go of to begin a new one, I take those tools and I take those abilities and I take those qualities and experiences and hardships and lessons and I bring them with me into the next phase. But letting go is, is hard. And I'm thinking of all the people that were here on this journey with me, the many amazing people that have moved through our business over the years many amazing assistants that we've had, retreat directors and chefs and people working in the kitchen and front desk managers and just every incredible human that ever graced us with their presence here. I feel like letting go of the studio also means at some point, like letting, really letting go of them. Even though most of them are still in our lives and we still have so much love and connection there. And it's just... It's like every person who ever sat in circle with me, who ever decided to fly across the world to take this huge leap to be here for a class or a retreat or a training. That's a massive thing. And I know I'm not letting go of that community, but I'm letting go of the space that held us. And that somehow feels very similar. And it's like a, a grief and a gratitude at the same time. <laughs> And a fear, of course, of, of course, because of course I had that the whole past year. Well, if things don't work out for us in this new life in Sweden, we can always go back to the studio, right? We can always go back and just <laughs> start everything back up and do the trainings the way we used to. Like let, anytime we can just go. So it was also this little lifeboat, <laughs> but I know it's time. And if I think of the future that I want, it's in Sweden. If I feel into my own 
energy and happiness. It's in Sweden. <laughs> and it, this trip has really shown that, that my vitality and my excitement and my creativity, it's not here right now. It just isn't. <laughs> like we came here and a few days in, it started snowing in Sweden and I immediately, like I wanted to go back home. <laughs> And that's not at all what I thought. I thought I would arrive here and it's been dark and cold in Sweden for so long. Sunshine and beach. Of course, you've seen pictures of Aruba. It's magical. It's one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. And I'm not feeling that right now. I really think that in my heart and in my, my soul, I've moved on. And I know the next phase for us and for our family, it's in a different place. And that's okay. It's part of life. We love and we let go, right? So I think I'm gonna probably write after this podcast because I have time and Dennis is lay on the beach having a great time. I'm gonna take my mat, which is still here in my office. Same mat I've had for years. I'm gonna take my mat. I'm gonna go into the shala. I'm going to practice on my own. I haven't done that on my own here at the studio since the pandemic. It's been a long time since I just opened the studio quietly and rolled out my mat and just did my thing. You know, it's, I really, really going to miss this space. Really, really going to miss this place. And now I'm crying. <laughs> Okay, I want to thank you for listening to this story of creation. Entrepreneurship is hard. Running a yoga studio is hard. Being a teacher is hard. Whatever you do in your day-to-day, -day, whether it's entrepreneurial or not, it's hard. Like we're all working really hard to move the dream that we have forward. And letting go of the old stuff is hard too. So in case you've forgotten to tell yourself in a while, you're doing a fucking good job. Okay. All the things that you're continuously letting go of and all the things that you're continuously creating, you are doing a good job. And I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of us. And I'm proud of me. Have a beautiful week. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.